2: Patriots beat brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. It is Brian Hunt from
1: Pat's Pulpit, joined by Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub to break down the Patriots' 27-17 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. But before we you know get into that game, we had some roster shuffling on the practice squad today from the Patriots. Alex, some more quarterback transactions. It has, yeah. like... The definition of this season has been quarterback transactions what are we at like 18 or 19 now something absurdly high as the los angeles chargers signed will greer off the patriots practice squad to their 53-man roster and the patriots countered by that by claiming nathan rourke off waivers from the jacksonville jaguars who many people might remember who had the play of the preseason earlier this year with that scramble touchdown uh, against the Dallas Cowboys there. So some quarterback shuffling there. It's obviously still Bailey Zappi, number one, Mac Jones, number two, but you need a third guy in the building to, you know, just operate throughout practice.
0: So right. as Wilger goes, Nathan Rourke, Nathan Rourke gets, gets the call here. And you mentioned the preseason play. If you really know ball, you remember Nathan Rourke because he had one of the greatest or was going to have one of the greatest single, quarterbacking seasons in CFL history last summer until he suffered a foot injury 10 weeks in that ended his season. Still one most outstanding Canadian set the league record for completion percentage in a single season, 78.7%. Uh, not a big guy, 6'1", 210, but moves around somewhat well, has a big arm, not exactly accurate, but can throw the ball a long way. So it gives them kind of, there's a little bit of similarity to Bailey Zappi, not a ton, but definitely a third option, probably a practice squad guy. You know, as I look down the road, I, I would, or not a practice squad guy, sorry, signed to the active roster. So they're going to need to make a corresponding move. My guess would be Ramondre Stevenson IR. Uh, probably a scout team guy. You know, as I, I, I look down the road, I would say from a scout team point mm-hmm. of view, makes sense for a guy like Russell Wilson, makes sense for a guy like uh, Zach Wilson. So yeah, I, you know, makes a lot of sense. Clearly they, were more in, they they wanted, they went out and targeted him because if they just wanted a quarterback, they could have gone out and signed somebody to the practice squad. He's going to take yep. up an active roster spot. So clearly, this is a guy they wanted, a guy I've been very interested in since he was at Ohio, just because he is a fun player to watch. He does a lot of creative things with the football. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I wouldn't expect him to, you know, start any games here in the next three weeks, but maybe he shows them something in practice and he's back here next year for camp.
1: Yep. Canadian of the year, as you said, in the CFL yep. that one year. But yeah, you wouldn't expect him to play, and that's probably why Will Greer takes a shot in LA. He's, he's probably realizes at this point he's not going to get on the field for the Patriots, so LA is down. Justin Herbert, Easton Stick, obviously didn't look great. They have that coaching change, so Will Greer... Jumps over there and a chance to get on the 53-man yeah. roster there. And, Look, and- I like
0: Max Duggan. I think Will Greer yeah. is their best option, honestly, right now. I, I'm not saying he should start this week. I can't imagine he'd be ready with the playbook, but with Justin Herbert out, he's their best option.
1: Yep. East, Easton Stick didn't get hurt in that Thursday game, right? He finished. He got,
0: like, thing. banged up, but he finished it. Yeah,
1: so... Maybe Greer gets a shot uh, down the stretch there with that new regime and coaching staff. We'll see. But that was the quarterback roster shuffling. Also had a move in the backfield. Keyshawn Vaughn was signed to the practice squad, which they needed another back here at some point with Ramondre done for probably the year. He might go on IR as a corresponding move here. But Kevin Harris had his... Second elevation this past weekend. So he's only got one more. Jamichael Hasty hasn't had that big of a role since he signed on here. And obviously Ty Montgomery was released after the Steelers game last week. So you needed another back here. And Keyshawn Vaughn was, you know, he was a third round pick in the past. So maybe you have the open practice squad spot. So get him in here, get some depth, and see kind of what you have there.
0: I could see him playing at some point with Kevin Harris, just the one elevation left. If they don't want to add him to the active roster, which if they do. So somebody asked me why, why they wouldn't, I I'm not hundred percent certain on this. I I would need to ask Miguel, but I believe uh, if he's on the active roster at the end of the season, he's like, you can negotiate with him as a free agent, but he's a true free agent. Uh, He'd be an RFA, but a free agent, if he's on the, practice squad you can sign a new futures contract which I think makes it easier if you want to keep him long term so if you want to keep him around you don't you know the the last two games you really want to play him if that's the difference you add Keyshawn Vaughn who is an experienced back had you know over 100 touches in Tampa the last four years played a significant special teams role as well so he can do a couple different things for you former Tom Brady teammate which is fun for us (laughs) but yeah makes a lot of sense and I would not be surprised if we see him I, probably not this week. My guess is the plan would be use up Kevin Harris's elevations this week. And then the final two weeks, maybe you see Keyshawn Vaughn play like five or 10 snaps a game.
1: Yep. Was was I? am I thinking of the right guy? He was kind of a pass catcher, too. Right. Or am I thinking of someone else?
0: I I would imagine you're thinking of somebody else. He caught 14 passes in the last yeah, four years. Maybe I'm but just
1: like blending him in with Rashad White down there. I the think you might right be, now. but uh, yeah, yeah. Some some needed running back depth in that room. Again, you'd imagine Ramondre. We don't see him for the rest of the year, so they need get another body in there, and that's what they get with with Keyshawn Vaughn. So those were the monday roster moves for the patriots but we can transition that into the game again 27 17 loss to the kansas city chiefs if you want the good news they keep the number two pick in the draft and the panthers even won a game to kind of close that lead so they only they're sitting outside of the number one pick by one game but on the field it was just kind of the same stuff we've seen all year where they're competitive at times but then Bad turnover, some bad penalties. They just shoot themselves in the foot. And, you know, a, a better opponent, obviously, with Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs kind of just do enough to, to to win that game. And same script for Bailey Zappi, too. Like, good first half, bad second half, and it all just kind of piles up there for that 10-point loss.
0: Yeah, they more or less played the same game they played against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Except, Except the they, Chiefs, like you won. said, are a better yeah. team. Chiefs, uh, they've got their own things to worry about. But they played well enough obviously, to beat the Patriots. It's the tale of two halves, and it it all starts and stops with Bailey Zappi, 17 of 19, 141 yards, and a touchdown in the first half. Starts off the second half with an interception, 6 of 12 for 39 yards. This year, Brian, and I'm waiting for tonight's game to end so I can get the the full number. I'll I'll have this number tomorrow. But uh, Zappi on his own. Passer rating in the first half this year, 115.5. Pass rating in the second half, 43.3. There's a real chance Bailey Zappi is the best passer rating in the first half of any quarterback in the league and the worst passer rating in the second half of any quarterback in the league. Like, and it's, honestly, it goes back to the Bears game last year. And it wasn't as extreme in some of those other games, but it's noticeable. He significantly struggles in the second half. Why is that? I do think the Patriots have changed their play calling to get more conservative in the second half of these last two games. That's part of the reason, but... Why are they doing that? Because they don't trust the quarterback. I also think teams have adjusted to him. Kind of, you see him. You can tell he's 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 got more wiggle than I think a lot of opponents expect. And yep. he's shaking his way out of a lot of potential sacks in the first half. I think once guys see that, like in person, they get a much better idea. They're able to tune the pressure more to what he's doing. He even said after the game yesterday, he was having some trouble picking up some disguised pressures in the second half. And that's a part of it. But the reality is, if you want to play quarterback in this league, you have to play for a full sixty minutes, unless you want to go play for the Atlanta Falcons. So this is something he absolutely. I, I texted a uh, Falcons, uh, a friend of mine who's a Falcons fan last night, and I sent him, you know, like the Falcons tweet from the third quarter of that Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I said Bailey Zappi at halftime. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you know, it's you you know he can do it. He can make plays in the NFL because he looked re- he looked really good in that first half. That throw to Hunter Henry on the fourth down off yeah. the play action was excellent. And we'll get to Hunter Henry. He certainly helped out. He had a great game, but he's, you know, handling pressure. He's maneuvering in the pocket. He's firing the ball in the tight windows. He had a great first half. He just couldn't keep it up, and we're at the point now where it's a pattern And until he shakes it, this is going to be a critique and a fair critique of him. He has to be able to play a full 60 minutes in order to be taken seriously as a starting quarterback.
1: Yeah, I mean, he'd be getting fit for his gold jacket if football games were just one half at this point, right? Uh, Because he's confident. As you said, he looks good in the pocket. He's making great throws to Hunter Henry. He had another good one, kind of a back shoulder to Devontae Parker there. And then you get to halftime and it just completely flips a switch. And I think play calling... Is part of that, but he's also part of the reason they switched their play right. calling last week in Pittsburgh. He threw that interception where he looked kind of rushed, and then they say, "Okay, we're going to kind of you know turtle back in here and run the ball, and keep it easy." First play in the second half uh, against Kansas City on Sunday, just a horrible interception that I think everyone's sitting there. He makes the one guy miss, and everyone's just saying like, "Okay, throw it away, throw it away, throw it out of bounds, throw it out of bounds," and he tries to force it in there just right to the the chiefs linebacker then they score two plays later and that's basically curtains at that game at that point so it it just it's it's completely different in the second half and you mentioned quick he said it after the game i think the mental part part is big like not getting the checks right not identifying the blitzers he was under pressure a lot forced some bad reads like hit for some bad throws he had that other really bad miss where he kind of stepped up and then just sailed it over a wide open demario douglas probably also should have been an interception so yeah it's really good in the first half i thought the first half sunday might have been the best half he's played in his career here but yeah it's just a completely different story there when when you get over to the second
0: half and yeah there's a bunch of different factors that kind of play into that yeah i I, I'd agree with that he just it, it and, and people point out chat the chat, you yeah, other injuries in the second half. I didn't think Connor McDermott played exceptionally well in the first half. I don't know how much that injury changed things. And I, I thought Moffy played about the level Cole Strangerman I The line kind of looked the same, honestly. We, we didn't see it a ton with Darian Lowe. I think that was only like four or five snaps before. I'm not counting that last series, which we'll get to where they sat on the ball. But I, I if the pass protection felt different from half one to half two, to me, it was more the Chiefs changed to their rush plan and I think adjusted well compared to the Patriots just being worse due to injury.
1: Yep. I mean Zappy was under pressure, but he but he was
0: under pressure in the first half and he was yeah, making yeah.
1: but it never felt like like Chris Jones never took over. There was that one series where like he made his real impact, but like he yeah. never might have taken over the game like a lot of us thought it would. But
0: so it's funny, the story of this game on both sides of the ball was the Patriots picked a player. They picked the best player. They eliminated him from the game and other players stepped up. That's what happened with Chris Jones and it will get to to Travis Kelsey. That's what happened with Travis Kelsey.
1: Yep. Kind of like, like that was their plan in Pittsburgh. Take away TJ Watt, take away George Pickens. And then no one else stepped up for them, but you see what happens when other guys step up, but uh, you briefly just brought it up. We can go to it. The clock management at the end of the game. And Bill was asked about it after the game and he kind of put it on those injuries right he said like we were severely like missing a lot of people we weren't sure how you know we would operate there and we can go to the situation it was like four minutes left they were down 10 it was a beautiful punt by tommy Townsend, pinned him at the one but they run a qb sneak and then they they huddle up and then they run it again and they huddle up and then like they snap the third down play at about 230 somewhere 230 240 in that range so it, it was just a kind of weird clock management and it's clock management we've seen in other games that are close right like you probably still expect them to lose but they're not completely out of it if they hurry up and try to go get points here we've seen this in the past and you see Zeke Elliott in the locker says you know I think we should have went a little faster there it's not up to me but I would have liked to go a little faster there so are you putting that on injuries or or where are you kind of looking at that weird clock management there at the end of that game. I
0: I, I think they're afraid to go tempo with Bailey Zappi because they did it at the end of the Giants game too. I Whether they're seeing something in practice where he can't do it or it's maybe it is the players around him, maybe it does have to do with the injury, but it doesn't matter. You go. It's the National Football League. You go. That's what you do. And if you get picked sixth and you don't cover the spread, sorry. You try to win the game. That's what you're there for. If you're not trying to win the game, then go home. Then go home. So I that, that was annoying to me, frankly, that they just sat on the ball like that. And the Chiefs, I've never seen a team take a knee on a fourth down. I've never seen that. Sometimes you see with, like, three seconds left, maybe they do, like, the elongated knee, so they run off the whole clock. But on a fourth down with 30 seconds to go, and look, was the game over? Yes. But also, coverage bust. You hit a big play. Boom, touchdown, onside kick. Now you got to go what, 30 yards? And I get the kicker hasn't been great, but you go like 30 yards and 15 seconds tie the game. It can't happen. And the Chiefs said, all right, do it. Go ahead. That's fine. You know, we couldn't, you kick the field goal there, game's over. The game is over, over. It's a two touchdown game. You. They're like, oh, we'll leave the door open. We don't really care. We, we don't need to run another play. One of the most disrespectful things I've seen uh, in a long time and what do the Patriots do? With one time out in their pocket, they run the ball, they go home. Yeah. It, it, mind-blowing to me.
1: So Reed actually said the opposite, right? He said like it was he respects Bill too much. He didn't want to run up the score, which I mean, I, I don't know. Like take, I guess you can just take that however you want it. It was a weird move. I was expecting them to kick. I, and, I'm, I'm
0: not somebody who believes in running up the score. Yeah. Well, all right, then go for it. Yeah. Then make it, then tell Pat Mahomes like, hey, we're going to go for it, but like throw the ball away. I don't know. I, I, I'm not again. I'm not somebody who believes in running up the score. I'm a big believer, and this is a Bill Belichick thing. It's not your job to stop your own offense. Yeah, it's the other team's job. But I, I thought that whole thing even before the Chiefs kneeled it out was, I mean, they were done. They were done. They went home.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the Lions on Saturday night. What was it, fourth and two, and they were up like 20 points, and they threw it into the end zone and scored with like yeah. two minutes left. So, yeah, just the opposite of what the the Chiefs were thinking there. But yeah, back to the Patriots. They. they mailed it in there and if they don't trust zappy to go tempo like you're gonna lose either way then like either go tempo and he throws a pick or and you lose or you're not going tempo and then you're gaining 10 yards and you're punting and then you're still gonna lose so i don't know it's a frustrating frustrating management there that has happened multiple times this year in the giants game as you said so just kind of a weird weird situation there but Um, anything else offensively mentioned Hunter Henry. He had another really good game, unfortunately also left with an injury, took a really kind of vicious hit there down low on a pass from Zappy in the flat, uh, quiet game for Zeke after his big game in Pittsburgh, Kevin Harris got his first work of the season, had a really impressive touchdown run. So kind of a flash there, but, uh, anything else on the offensive side of the ball, you noted.
0: So I thought Henry was excellent in this game. He, he did a great job. Running his routes, leverage, getting himself open, giving Bailey Zappy windows, caught the ball, took an absolute beating on yep. some of those throws too, going over the middle and, and knew he was going to. I thought he was great. I also thought Devontae Parker played one of his better games in the year. I'll give him credit. I know he didn't do much in the second half, but who did? Um <laughs> he, he ran a couple nice routes and then he he made a really nice play where I think it was a third down. I don't remember what down it was, but Bailey Zappi first half. Gets flushed from the pocket to his right. Two defenders on top of him. Kind of has to do a weird back foot, like, hook shot throw. Looks like one of those Mac Jones throws. And Parker's blanketed by two defenders. Ball's underthrown by five yards. And he still comes back to the ball, fights through both of them, and make the ca- makes the catch. That That's the guy, when you traded a third-round pick, you're looking for to come help your quarterback. I haven't seen him fight for the ball like that in a while. So I thought they were both really good. As for the running game, definitely took a step back uh really no way to say it couldn't they averaged 3.3 yards per carry you you take out the kevin harris run it's 2.7 and credit to kevin Harris. i will say the one exception to me i'm about to kind of dump on the run game uh credit to kevin harris for staying ready has been on the practice squad all year probably hasn't been part of many game plan meetings didn't play last week comes in boom 18 yard touchdown in the house to keep the patriots in the game I thought that's that's the kind of thing the Patriots love, and that's why he's going to hang around, right? It's, hey, you, you stayed ready. You were here. Good for you. The rest of the run game, after a couple of really good, you know, after a good month, I should say, in November, they have had a rough couple of games. Now, it's against good defenses, but I think teams have realized, especially with Zappy, we're going to sit on the run game. And you look at it, the Patriots also ran the ball a season low 16 times yesterday. The Chiefs wanted them to throw it, and they played into that. They established the run game a little bit there in in the middle because teams were just dropping back into coverage because the Patriots were throwing so many interceptions. Now that they're seeing the Patriots get more conservative and run the ball more, paying more attention to it, and the results are dipping. So Patriots are going to have to find a way to reestablish the run, but it's going to be tough because that's what everybody's going to be sitting on. They're going to be daring Bailey Zapp to throw the football, and if he's having second halves like he did the last two weeks, there's no Mm. reason for teams not to do that.
1: Yep, and that's... Like we talked about in the preview the chiefs have one of the worst run defenses in the league but a coordinator like steve spagnola right like he's gonna load up the box and say with bailey Zappi back there and say you beat us we're not we're not gonna let you run the ball with zeke all day like they have the last month but let bailey Zappi beat them and that obviously didn't happen but yeah hunter henry was an interesting one because when you talk about these guys who are expiring contracts and heading to free agency and he's not a perfect tight end right we all know his his deficiencies especially as a blocker but it's a position that you've had trouble drafting and developing and if you have a rookie quarterback a guy like that who's now a captain too by the way like having a reliable target over the middle of the field is pretty valuable and the, the free agent market in that in the tight ends isn't anything appealing either he's clearly the 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 top guy in that room i'd say so i i think you're still working away i would try to work away to bring him back on one two-year deal obviously the money is going to be a lot lower than what you signed him for a few years ago and then maybe draft a guy mid-rounds like cade stover from ohio state i think that would be kind of a good way to build out that that tight end room going forward because as you saw from henry he can still be a reliable target over the middle of the field make some contested catches and and still good in the red area there
0: yeah he he's definitely and the other thing he brings that leadership tangent right that You're going to need to kind of build this thing back up. And he's a veteran. He's been here. He seems well-liked by his teammates. The question is, does he want to come back? Does he want to be in that role? That's going to be the real question. But if he does, yeah, he's a guy. And I don't think he'll cost them a ton. He's a guy that should be back.
1: Yep. Especially because he will be the top tight end on the market if some other team, maybe a contender, throws a little bit more money or relatively same Money structure, and he just wants to go to a winner at this point of his career. That'd be interesting to watch, but yeah, I would try to bring him back if possible. So, uh, I, I believe that's it for the offensive side of the ball. We can quickly hear from our friends over
2: at FanDuel and then jump over to the defense. All right, score early this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150. Bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you get spreads, you get your player props, you get over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21plus a present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire 7 days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24/7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseOfA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234.
1: All right, so the big news on the defensive side of the ball was J.C. Jackson. Uh, Of course, the cornerback was active. He was in the building. He was at Gillette. The teammates saw him. Dietrich Wise said he was in the locker room. He expected him to play. And then he was never spotted on the sideline then obviously never never played a snap on the field. Uh, Bill said he was unavailable. JC's agent then came out after the game and said he was dealing with mental health issues. So another, you know, he's obviously had some reliability concerns, what they called it earlier in the year, and now he wasn't available. On Sunday, they had to lean into Alex Austin, the rookie, got his first career start. John Jones, a little bit more, had to play through some injury because Sean Wade was inactive. So, where are you kind of at with JC right now? Obviously you hope he's okay from a mental health standpoint, but you know, where, where did you fall in that whole JC situation from yesterday?
0: Yeah. I mean, look, if if he needs time to get away, he needs time to get away and I'm not going to fault him for that. And we know he's dealt with some issues like this in the past. Um, but it, it's the second time he's kind of had to be away from the team. It wouldn't surprise me if this is it for him this year. I feel like he's probably, uh, you know, there's no guaranteed money in his contract beyond this year. So he's got to get himself right that obviously comes first football comes second and, and i hope he is getting himself right but i can't imagine the patriots are going to commit to him long term if he's as long as he's dealing with this because football can't be his main priority right now yep
1: yeah i i agree there you obviously hope he gets right but as we've kind of said with his play and the concerns before it doesn't look like he'll factor into the the cornerback room long term here Which again while we go into the off season and, and a few week cornerback is going to be a need again there. But uh, what, what'd you think of Alex Austin first career start? I know he had a few penalties. One, one looked a little suspect. One was, you know, more obvious and then negated a big fumble recovery, but I thought he settled in uh, a little bit there in the second half. Bill said he played pretty competitively, but you know, tough spot to be thrown into, you know, learning your starting right at, as the game was kicking off there. But, uh, did you have any you know, thoughts on, on how Alex Austin played going wire to wire too, hundred percent of the snaps.
0: Yeah. I mean, for a guy making his first career start, it, it sucks because the two penalties came at two yeah. major, major moments of the game. But you, you expect that. I, I thought he played. Okay. I thought there were some times he stuck with Rasheed rice again for, for what you expect a, a guy, you know, who, who came to league raw, who's making his first start as a rookie. He's only been here for like a month. Like, yeah, it was fine. They're ultimately going to need another boundary corner you know, down the road. I think we all know that. But it if you told me he, he was going to play, if you told me Alex Austin was going to go wire to wire against Kansas City Chiefs and they'd only allow 27 points, I'd say he probably held his own. And I, I think he did that. But, yeah, there's definitely uh, room for improvement there.
1: Yep. Tough spot, though. So decent performance for, for that situation, obviously. But uh, I want to hear your thoughts on, you know, all week we talked about how would the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes respond to you know this losing streak, this little skid they are? Are they, they this dynasty, this next dynasty, was that the performance you expected them to see, or you wanted to see from them to be announced this next upcoming dynasty or whatnot? Or was that like, did that remind you of an old Patriots performance coming off some adversity? I know you loved watching Kadarius Tony all, all game and those receivers, yeah, but. What, what was your takeaway there from, from that Chiefs offense?
0: You guys know me. I rarely outright say a player's not good, but like <laughs> he's not good at receiver. I, I try to turn him into a running back because I, I still think he's electric with the ball in his hands, but getting the ball in his hands is a challenge. Is <laughs> a monumental task, apparently. Um, I, 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 I wasn't wowed. I wasn't wowed. I thought Mahomes, the stat line wasn't super pretty 27 to 37, 305, two touchdowns, two picks. He 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 was a lot better going back and looking at the big picture than it felt week to week or play to play. If that makes sense, like you know, I kept I kept being like, "All right, when's Mahomes going to do like the Mahomes stuff?" But he made a lot of plays that he had to make that nobody else was going to make. That being said, I the the Chiefs as a whole, I would still be nervous if I'm a Chiefs fan. They still don't feel like a true top-tier team to me. Maybe they're one of the best teams in the AFC still just because Mahomes gives them that floor, but I, that's not a team to me that's hanging with the Niners or the Eagles, right, or one of those top teams in the NFC. I'll even say the Cowboys after yesterday's game. I think that was a tough spot for them. It wasn't totally wowed with their offense altogether. And the Patriots may, I, I would not be surprised if you see other teams moving forward using the blueprint the Patriots use defensively, for that game, especially on Travis Kelsey. They came out, they blanketed Travis Kelsey. They were all over him and said, beat us, throw to other guys. And look, the Chiefs did. Rasheed Rice had a great game. Nine catches, 91 yards. Noah Gray got off on a big catch as well. But that's because, again, Alex Austin over there. If, if you're a team with a really good boundary corner, you should be able to take away Rasheed Rice in a rookie. Like, let's say the Patriots have Christian Gonzalez yesterday, right? Christian Gonzalez locks up Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice does not go nine for 91 yesterday. I don't know the Patriots ultimately win, but it's definitely a lot closer. Yeah, definitely a lot closer. I don't think Mahomes goes over 300 yards, certainly. So there is a blueprint there to take away Travis Kelsey. He had five for 28. At one point, he had four for 16 late in the fourth quarter. Nice little four yards for catch. Uh, dropped a pass in the end zone because he knew he was going to take contact. Really can't believe Wop. he was be swift, fly all the way out for that. Uh yeah, I, I would not be surprised if you see that Patriots game plan against the Chiefs again uh down the road here, whether it be to close out the regular season or in the playoffs.
1: Yep. And, and flopped on another one. Bring up that oh, flop.
0: Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> all right. If you're Travis Kelsey, you're not getting pushed over. Like I everybody knows I like Miles Bryant. I do. I'm in the minority on that one. Travis Kelsey should not be getting pushed over by Miles Bryant like that. <laughs>
1: yeah that was interesting but yeah he they definitely held him in check jalen mills played a season high in snaps had a a big role in that uh he he just it was a good week to debut my travis kelsey might retire at the end of the year take (laughs) because i know they they put a lot of resources into him bill obviously like that's the guy they focus on a lot of respect there but he does look like he's slowing down a, a bit on that offense so between their receiver problems, and you know, Travis Kelsey might not be in Travis Kelsey. Now he's probably going to drop like three touchdowns and win Super Bowl MVP. but right. Uh, he he does look a little slower. He doesn't look like the same player. so so that'll be interesting. But, yeah, I, I feel like Mahomes didn't like it didn't seem like a dominant Mahomes game because they were throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage a lot. A lot of those short screens. He threw it thirteen times behind the line of scrimmage, and it went for totaled 105 yards on that obviously there was that big Clyde Edwards a screen where it looked like Kyle Duggar kind of got lost uh, on the fake end around there and and that was a big gain but that seemed like their that was kind of their focus with the Patriots playing a lot of man early was some of this misdirection some of this screens stuff at the line of scrimmage and and try to beat them that way so I, I mean they only gave up 27 points seven of them really came because of a Bailey Zappi interception. So it it was, again, like, it was a pretty strong performance, I'd say, from the defense, but there are things, you know, you're undermanned, you're you're short in the secondary, obviously, but I I thought it was a decent performance besides some of those, you know, short passes that that they were able to uh, kind of break for big gains there.
0: Patrick Mahomes, David Patrick Mahomes does at the end of the day. That's just, there's only so much you can do against that
1: yep yeah. and and that like the mush rush thing against him like yeah. throw that out like that didn't work him him running around like, like just giving him time to do whatever he wants kind of down there like that touchdown to Edwards Alaire which was an incredible catch by him but like that's just not the good game plan for for against Mahomes I think but uh we did see Marte mapu at linebacker finally and he made a play a really good interception just kind of took the ball away from, uh, I forget if it was Blake Bell or Noah Gray, one of the Chiefs' tight ends there. Uh, Tavai had an interception right off the hands of Kadarius Tooney, so nice to see those guys. You know, Tavai's just been a turnover magnet all year. It's been him and Jabril Peppers who recovered the fumble that got wiped out from the Alex Austin hold, but uh, really nice to see Marte Mapu make a big play there, uh, especially at that second level, which we've all been clamoring for. Him to be down there at linebacker, and they finally did it a little bit more, and he makes a play. Go figure! Look what
0: happens when you let a player play in his natural position, right? Yeah. What a concept! Yep. I would keep doing that. I would keep him there. He looks comfortable. He said yesterday we asked him after the game, and he said, "Yeah, I'm I'm fine playing anywhere." He looked very comfortable linebacker. I would I would keep Mapu there absolutely.
1: That's a spot. That's a spot. But it was interesting with those two turnovers. He had Tavai like throwing the pitch, right? And then talking to Mapu, he was like, you know, I got the interception, but I wanted to score. I felt like I wanted to, like, I needed to score. He was almost disappointed in himself. And and Tavai mentioned, you know, that was part of the reason he's throwing the ball around after the pitch. And you still see this defense trying to, like, manufacture points themselves because they know, you know, with the offense they have, they just, they need to do, they need to do that in order to keep these games close and try to win these games so i just thought that was interesting they still have that that mentality at this point of the year but uh run defense solid as always again two 2.2 yards per carry and if you take out that one they gave up one to Clyde out of the which uh devon Gotcha said after the game was just kind of a miscommunication because they had like no one lined up in the a gaps and it was just a, an easy run if you take that out it was 23 yards on 19 carries so the run defense continues to be awesome christian barmore continues to be awesome that's just a weekly occurrence at this point pay him uh but that was you know good good performance from those guys up front
0: yeah christian barmore's best player on the team this year and yeah. and that's the lift I'm done saying, oh, it was a great game. It was a great game. It was a-. No, he's just a great player, and he's playing the game. Like, that's where we're at with Christian Barmore. He he was dominant. I thought Keon White had a sneaky good game. He didn't really show up in the stat sheet, but playing next to Barmore, there were a couple times where you could see he, he helped push the pocket. Uh, it, it, but, yeah, I think Barmore – that's got to be first thing that gets done that, well i guess i gotta figure out who's gonna be coaching but once they have a coach in gm first thing that gm needs to do whoever it is bill or, or elsewise is get christian barmore the 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 uh, extension it's got to happen he's got to be back here that's a guy you can build around
1: yep definitely should be on that list of things to do on the top top of that list of things to do so uh only other thing mac wilson again another really good game he's just playing really well this second year he was talking about it a few hours ago just you know, he's playing more fast. He's more comfortable being able to fly around a little bit more and think less second year in the system. So he continues to impress uh, playing along the edge too a little bit more. So that, that's that been a nice, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but that was been you know, nice to see the second half of the year. So uh, anything else you had defensively or any last thoughts there on that Chiefs offense?
0: Uh, I think that was it for me yep, from the defense.
1: All right, so we can quickly here hit on special teams. There was some good. There was some bad. The good quickly. It was their best performance in the kick return game all year without Ty Montgomery, Jalen Rager was back there. He averaged 28 yards on three, retur- three returns, broke one for 40 yards, I mean, they've been struggling to get past the 25-yard line all year, so it was nice to see them get some momentum in that area. He had another one to start the game, which got called back, and this is one of the bads, with Brendan Schooler. Kind of a questionable call, but he put himself in the position to get the call, and Brendan Schooler entered the game with four special teams penalties, which led the league, and you know quickly adds a fifth there. So that's kind of becoming... A reoccurring issue maybe down the stretch here so some good on the kick returns bad with schooler and then chatter island of of course missing another field goal his first attempt since that miss in new york wide left again from 41 yards not even to the lighthouse side it was to the close end of the stadium which has generally been easier this year so uh, i know he bounced back with a chip shot 25 yarder but just he his struggles kind of continued there
0: yeah, we're, we're getting to the point now where I think kicker is going to be, and I know they used a fourth-round pick on him, but kicker is going to be a need this offseason. you got to at least bring in some competition for him. I, I think you're really at that point. And if you blew the pick, you blew the pick. You know, sunken cost fallacy. Uh, you can't afford – I know everybody wants him in a tank and all that, but they have a dec- – so some people may say they're okay with this. You have a decent kicker this year. Giants game at least goes to overtime. Maybe you win that. Uh, probably win the Colts game because you're just driving down for a field goal there. There's one other game too I'm missing, but I know there's like another game I, I've gone through this that you probably win with another field goal. At the very least, you're driving for a game-tying touchdown at the end uh, on Sunday instead of running the clock out because, oh no, it's 10 points. Whatever are we going to do in the next four minutes? So he's been, it's been an issue. <laughs> They're going to need to get probably another kicker again. Uh, again, at least competition. Maybe Ryland comes in and camp and he looks really good and you move on, but a late round pick, a free agent something i think you're going to need to bring in somebody
1: to do yeah so they still have two practice squad spots open i don't know if they'd like bring back matthew Wright again and have him just be on the practice squad i'd kind of expect again you're a 3-1 team that you used a fourth round pick on him like at this point why not just let him kick the last three weeks right speaking of ryland and maybe he can build some momentum for the offseason and then oh, like you'd still bring in a guy and then have another competition through the spring and the summer. Like you did this last year and just kind of best man win at that point. I don't see the point of, you know, putting them on the bench at this point in the year, but who knows how they thinking? Cause they're still trying, trying to win games there. So we'll, we'll see about that. But any other last thoughts you had on the game, anything in, in general, we have a few things we can close with, but, any last thoughts? Yeah, on just, the I mean, you,
0: you touched on Rager being the kick returner. Um, Yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me.
1: All right. So a few last things to close with. But before we do that, we can kick it over to SeatGeek. All
0: right.
2: You know, I've been looking for the best deal on Celtics tickets. And with over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports, festivals, and more. With the NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons in full swing, you don't want to miss out. SeatGeek has your tickets to every game. Plus, artists like Travis Scott are on tour. They put all the tickets across the web in one place to make sure you're getting a good deal. Each ticket is rated on a scale of 1 to 10, so look for the green dots. Green means good, and red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. So as you know, I always come through for you guys. You can use my code DREAMERSPRO for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code DREAMERSPRO. Make sure you check the link in the description to download the app.
1: All right. So just to wrap up some big picture stuff, before the game on Saturday night, Ian Rappaport dropped an article report that Bill Belichick's, you know, the future, the decision on Bill Belichick has not been decided, which, you know, was a little different than what Kern had to say, saying that after that Colts game, it was the consensus was it was a decision to move on from bill at the end of the year. And so Rappaport now comes out and says, there's been no decision made these last four weeks could have a big impact. Obviously they lost to the chiefs after that, but uh, what'd you kind of take away from, from rap sheets report there that there hasn't been a decision on bill yet.
0: So let me pull it up. Cause there's a specific uh, part I want to read. I meant to pull it up during the commercial there, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm team Tom. I think yep. Ian Rappaport, is going into semantics a little bit here. Basically me reading between the lines of all these guys is the, the Germany game. And I had also heard before the Germany game, how important that game was to the crafts. Yep. Like I, that part I truly like that. Yeah. That tracks for them to lose that game and lose it the way they did and have it end the way it did in the national spotlight, the international spotlight, I think... I, I Here's what we need to understand. Robert Kraft does not want to get rid of Bill Belichick for a number of reasons. They've worked together a long time. He respects them. Uh, he doesn't want to be the guy that got rid of both Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. You're talking about a major overhaul of an organization that has, system, has had systems in place for two decades, all of that. That doesn't mean he won't. Like, even if they went 0-17 and it was the obvious move, I still don't think, like, I don't think Kraft's excited to have to make this decision, one way or the other. And I, can you blame him? It's a tough decision. I could see how, in the aftermath of that game, it kind of hits Kraft, like, geez, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to, whether it's trade, fire, whatever, I'm going to have to move on from Bill Belichick. And, the, which I think is basically what Kern's saying, which he heard. What Rappaport's basically saying is, okay, but what if something happens to change Bill's mind? To which I would say, yes, obviously. But, or to sorry, what if something happens to change Robert's mind? To which I would say, yes, obviously. But is that going to happen? Is this team capable? Wh- what would have happened between the Germany game and now that Robert Kraft would look at it and say, you know what? We're keeping Bill Belichick. That narrow, sloppy win over a pile of poop Steelers team. Yeah, I'm going to keep him as the coach. The only real thing that's happened is they made the quarterback change. And based on reports, it sounds like Robert Kraft's a Mac Jones guy. So I don't think switching to Bailey's Zappi would save Bill's job. So that's where I'm at on it. Basically, is like, yeah, no duh. If the Patriots rolled off the last four weeks, four wins, and they won all four games by a score of 60 to nothing, yeah. Bill Belichick, I'd probably be saying at that point, Bill Belichick should stay, but it's not going to happen because the team is what it is. And that's ultimately why Bill should, you know, they should move on from Bill Belichick. So I, I the, the real part, I don't know if you want to respond to that and then I'll get to the part of Rappaport's thing that really stood out to me.
1: Well, I was going to say like, if the last four weeks were saving your job, the, the, the Chiefs win would be like beating the Chiefs. And right, Patrick that was Mahomes the one. Would be like the one to say like you pitch like a t- you hold Patrick Mahomes to 10 points. Bill could go to Robert's like desk at the end of the year and slap that on the desk and say like, look, I still have it defensively. That, that was the game and it didn't work. So I don't know what happens over these last three weeks now that that changes his mind. And unless he's making an emotional decision, it's like there's three games going to... You know, fix the roster moves, the coaching decisions, the draft picks. Like that should be what matters. That's why you're three and eleven here. Like the last three games shouldn't matter. I agree. I don't think he wants to do it, but when he's sitting up there in Germany with his big puffer coat on, yeah. I think that's when he realized he he kind of had to do it. But and to know, add to that,
0: I know. If, yeah, sorry, if, if know Bill the
1: period of evaluation part you wanted to talk about, so that well, I no, I just you know. want to
0: add if Bill really thought his job was on the line. <laughs> it makes the end of that game against the Chiefs that much more surprising yeah. and upsetting. Like, fight! Fight back! Do something! Come on, fight! Like, everybody's writing you off. Fight back! Give us a reason not to. I would love a reason to defend Bill Belichick again. Give me yep. one. And he's, he's you know, running the clock at at the end of the game. The thing that really stood out to me, though, from the Rapport uh, uh, report, reading right now, this is off the top, from Saturday night, NFL.com. The fate of Bill Belichick as head coach of the New England Patriots has not yet been decided. While the expectation is that a decision on his future will play out over the next month, sources also say it could take longer than that. No. No, shouldn't. Shouldn't. Can't. Don't. Whatever. No. You need to know. This is going to be a monumentally crucial offseason. It starts realistically January 22nd. January 22nd, that's Shrine Bowl week. You then lead into the Senior Bowl. That's not only massive draft prep, there's agents at these events. There's networking, free agency. The ball gets rolling on that, whether it's re-signing your own guys, figuring out what the market's going to be for other guys. Players, agents, people in the scouting department have to know who they're reporting to during that time. I look at it this way. The Patriots season will end on September, on uh, uh, January 7th. So last Sunday, maybe it'll end on the 6th. They might play Saturday, but like, Season ends on, on January 7th, last day of the regular season. I understand if they don't want to fire Bill on Black Friday, which is January 8th. I, on, fine, I, I actually understand that. January 15th. Whoever your coach is, end of business January 15th. Whoever your GM is, end of business January 15th. That needs to be the guy. The worst thing they can do is let this decision linger in February. In you're going to pass up the chance to hire coaches. You're going to pass up the chance to hire GMs. You're going to, it's going to screw with the draft process, all that. You need to know, you need to know. Again, I use January 15th as a date. Take a week and sit on it. I'm not saying we have to know. We don't. And maybe they decide they're going to trade them and it takes like a week, week and a half to work out the details of the trade. Maybe they just don't want to publicize it right away. They want to figure out how they're going to, you know, market it that Bill's gone or market it that Bill's coming back. I get that. Fine. They need to know, and people inside the building and the people on the other end of the phones. When you're dealing with agents and other teams, need to know, so they can't. And they've done this in the past. Now, they being the Patriots was probably more build and craft, and this is ultimately Kraft's decision. I part of the reason the roster is what it is. There's a domino effect here, a butterfly effect. You go back to 2019 when they didn't give uh, Rob Gronkowski a hard date to come back or retire, they miss on Jared Cook and a bunch of free agents because they don't know what Rob, uh, Rob Gronkowski's cap number is. They end up missing the boat, basically, on that entire free agency period. They panic. They have to take Nikhil Harry in the draft, and yada, 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 yada. There's butterfly effect there. You can't take your time on this one. The de- I'm not saying the decision needs to be made today, but <clears throat> the- they need to be ready to make a decision on January 8th. They can't start the process of making the decision on January 8th. The team is what it is. We're not getting any new information. We're really not. They're going to miss the playoffs. They're going to have a top five pick. And maybe it's, you know, I would say if they're picking fifth versus picking 15th, maybe there's a difference in which way you go. They're not going to pick any lower than fifth. And that's still kind of a long shot. They are what they are. They're going to be what they're going to be. The evaluation is going to be what it is. The Hayes kind of in the barn at this point, even though they have three games left to play, They need to be ready to make that decision on mm. January eighth. If it takes a day or two for it to be formalized, so be it. January fifteenth to me, that's when you need. that's when the offseason begins. That's when you need to have somebody in charge leading the way,
1: yep. I agree with all that. I thought that was one of the more underrated parts of that report that maybe didn't get a lot of attention because, you know, obviously all the attention goes to a decision has't been made on bill yet but that's not a decision that you can sit on for a while and i get not firing him on black monday right you probably want to it's it's bill belichick you're not just gonna you know wash that in with all the other coaches moving on from all the other coaches so but even if it's even if you're just promoting gerard mayo right like people have to know you have to be ready to operate and and, because as you said shrine bowl starts late in what, what was it? January. Late January. Yeah. I late forget January.
0: Exact, that that whatever that week of the twenty second. Yeah.
1: Like things start to happen pretty quickly when the season ends, and you got to be ready because this is a huge off season. So, you don't have to tell us, you don't have to let us know, but people in the organization they need to know who the coach is who the GM is, and, and you know, be be on the same page so you can operate. There shouldn't be a period of evaluation. The period should be this last month of of the season. So. Yeah, that that was an interesting part of the report. Hopefully, uh, you know by the time the season ends, they have a good sense and they don't need to take, take that week, two weeks, to figure that out. But uh, last thing, with that top five draft pick, the Patriots are still at two. Number one is still in play after that Panthers win. Probably looking at a quarterback here, and one of them, the Heisman winner, just announced that he is going to the NFL draft, LSU's Jaden Daniels. Very good prospect. Obviously had a very good year at LSU. Experienced uh, four or five-year starter or four or five-year player, I believe. Uh,
0: Five-year starter, but one of those years was a four-game season during the pandemic. So COVID year. So, yeah. Yeah, whatever you want to call that.
1: He started at Arizona State, transferred to LSU, and, and blew up this year winning the Heisman Trophy. Really good runner, good thrower in the pocket, too. Definitely a guy who, as you're looking for a quarterback here, is, you know, you're gonna hear his name a lot over these next few months for the Patriots.
0: Yeah, super fun prospect player, uh, electric quarterback. We've talked about him a little bit. I've talked about him with Taylor Kyles over on his show. Reminds me a lot of RG3 as a prospect. And if you remember, RG3 didn't fail in the NFL because he wasn't good enough. He's rookie of the year. He failed because Washington basically didn't care whether his knees worked or not and put him back out there on a bad leg on a terrible field. Hopefully, whichever team drafts jane Daniels has more care for his long term well being than Washington did with RG3. But you talk about a modern quarterback, slings the ball really well, all parts of the field, uh, you know, 4 4 speed can make guys miss. He's going to need to bulk up a little bit, definitely. Um, that that's going to be a part of his evaluation. He's going to need to be smarter with some of his decision-making in terms of he's got to protect himself better as a runner. He doesn't slide enough. And I think at times he trusts his arm a little too much. I think he he knows what he's looking at. Like he can read coverage, but sometimes he'll see a window that he's not going to beat. And he tries to beat it anyway, because he believes in his arm that much. And there's something to be said for confidence, but you got to reel that in to a certain extent. Uh, But he's, he's going to be a super fun player should be a top 10 pick, probably top five. I think the question, you know, it's Caleb Williams and Drake May ahead of him the question is how does he fit in with with Joe Alt uh, Olu Fashanu Marvin Harrison Jr and then if like Dallas Turner and Jared Verse ends up there that's kind of the